0: listening to the wouldn't it be cool podcast with Chris Dempsey welcome to episode 11 wouldn't it be cool podcast I'm Chris Dempsey uh, please reach me at wouldn't it be cool podcast at gmail.com please follow me at wouldn't it be cool on Instagram? And Facebook. Uh, that's it. Please reach out. Loving it. Loving it. Having fun. Uh, man, this one is cool. Episode eleven. This is my friend Nick Mirabello. Uh, Nick, <laughs> Nick, and I set up. You'll hear. You'll hear all about it. But we, we set up. I asked Nick where he's most comfortable. Where would you like to do this? Um, and he said, "I'm most comfortable on the baseball field." So I took a cooler two chairs and the microphones and we went out and set up in center field and had the the field to ourselves and we just went out there and man, it was awesome. It was really cool. Um, Nick is a guy who, man, he is the motivators motivator. This guy is nothing but pure positive energy. Uh, I mean, we really haven't known each other that long. And I feel like I've made a lifelong friend. Um, and Um, I feel like everyone that meets this guy feels the same way. He is, like I said, just nothing but positive energy. Um, And his real goal out there is to just help people. This is a guy who you never met anyone so genuine with wanting to just help everyone he can. And so he has created his own business, like pretty much a business model um, and business around being available, making himself available, and reaching out to people uh, to just help them achieve any dream they can think of and any dream they have, um, this guy will will make it happen. Um, so we kind of hear some really cool, funny stories uh, about you know how he, uh, you know, his journey since. Actually, he went he went quite far back. So, uh, so just sit back. Meet Nick. Enjoy it. You'll love him. You'll wish you knew him. All right. Enjoy. Thanks. Now batting, Nick Mirabello. Nice.
1: <laughs> Chris, this is awesome.
0: <laughs> it is pretty crazy. So I'll, I'll set the scene for people. Yeah, please do. So Nick and I are sitting, literally people, literally in center field. Of uh, this uh, actually kind of cool little little league baseball field, they actually do a nice job here. It's like pretty well done. It's very well manicured and groomed. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah,
1: you got the L screen. They tarp the home plate and the pitcher's mound, in the soft grass in center field right here. Oh yeah, you got our shoes off. I know. Yeah, set the tone for the
0: for yeah. the listeners. We're sitting in a couple of. Uh, like beach chairs, mics up on a cooler. We we each might or may or may not each have a beer. Yeah, that's for us to know.
1: Exactly. Um, also, water there. hydrate to feel great. <laughs> that's right, exactly.
0: <laughs> oh my, water so far away. Um, so yeah, that's the deal. This was uh, we I, I talked to M- uh, Nick about like. Uh, you know, we talked about where we should do this. Right. and uh, we threw out a couple suggestions yeah. and you, you had a couple ideas and I was like wherever you're comfortable man I had a vision oh, you know where I'm diamond. comfortable I'm comfortable in the baseball field
1: yeah yeah yeah, it's it's, it's it's also the the ball field to me in the game of baseball, and this is not my quote. This is um, how about this name for you? He was the first commissioner of Major League Baseball, Chris um, Keenshaw Mountain Landis. You heard that name? <laughs> no. Keenshaw Mountain Landis, uh, like 19- Mountain,
0: not a nickname, but like a, a middle name. Yeah, I think
1: a middle name. This guy yeah. was strong. Yeah. first commissioner in baseball. Um, his quote was, "The game of baseball, the." playing field yeah. of baseball is more than a diamond. It's a training field for life. Yeah. 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 And I was like, yes. And so I read that quote, probably my, maybe like Babe Ruth years, you know, Babe Ruth years, probably 14, 15, 16 years old. Definitely a quote that started to resonate with me a little bit to start profound. And then my senior in college, I was uh, fortunate enough to play college baseball, division three level, St. Joseph's college in yeah, Maine, home of the monks, the only monks in the nation, the but monks. Uh, yeah. And, uh, we had a blast, uh, all four years playing there. And then, um, for senior year, we got to, in the media guide, you get to put down, you know, a senior quote, and then you get to write, you know, your thank yous yeah. and what you, the lessons you've learned on and off the diamond. So, I led off with that um, Keenshaw Mountain Landis quote. So, right on. Uh, yeah, so I just thought it'd be applicable and uh, a good vision for us to sit here in center field. Uh, the, this is the position I've always played my entire career, and sit here with you, Chris, because I have tremendous, uh, you know, we just met not too long ago, but definitely on the same wavelength, and uh, kind of following on social media, and then great respect for what you do with this podcast wouldn't it be cool it's so cool and uh, i've gotten to listen to a few of your guests already and uh just much respect for you dude this is i'm I'm excited to be here i
0: appreciate it Yeah, awesome um but i do have a um i have a little secret for you (laughs) okay um do you know anything like you, you sort of familiar with the relationship between lacrosse players and baseball players no, I'm not. Oh, really? I'm <laughs> not. I'm surprised. As a baseball player, you haven't. They're sort of like arch enemies. Okay. Yeah. Because um, because uh, they're the same season. Yeah. You know. So yeah, yeah, there's yeah. you you've never seen like T-shirts like that. Like no, I, like I, what is a you know what's an athletic baseball player do during like spring you know season? It's yeah. like play lacrosse.
1: Oh, that's solid. <laughs> that's funny because that's really good because I <laughs> coached for three years. I also got to um, recruit a lot of uh, young athletes. Um, so I would go to these high school fields and a lot of these balls. F- Ball players would then not would be off the team because they were going to play lacrosse. And yeah, exactly. we were losing so many recruits yeah, yeah, yeah. to lacrosse. Yeah, and okay, I would do so that as I, and as a
0: lacrosse coach. I would do the same thing. I'd, uh. I'd be like, uh, you're kind of a lot like way too fast to be playing baseball. <laughs> we need middies. Come right? right. Like. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's the, that's the tough position on the
0: on the oh, field, it's right? Rugged, yeah. yeah. Well, goalie might be the mm. the toughest, but um, yeah, midi is just. Yeah. like relentless it's it's like a, a merciless running oh, I be- how long did yeah. you coach lacrosse for? Uh, I did I think geez, 13 years or something like that all youth nice. you know like yeah. uh, everything from U19 down to U12 love that which all if right. I ever go back last year was my last year was the worst season of my entire like career why you say that? Uh, Well, I won't mention like where I, where I did it, but it was a, it was just a horrible season. These kids were just, it was the, it was the uh, collectively the biggest bunch of like spoiled brats, like, Uh, like the worst work ethic again, collectively um, just simply did not want to coach that, you know, a lot of them right. were there in senior year in high school and, yeah. and it was just like, oh my God, I, you know, like yeah. when you do something like that after a while, it's like, all I'm doing is getting you on and off the field. You right. don't want my help, yeah. you know, et cetera, et cetera, to so learn, I, was, yeah. I was just like, I got, so it kind of burned me out. It was like, kind of soured me a little bit. So yeah, if yeah, I ever yeah. do go back, it's yes. all about like, like 11 year olds. Yeah yeah you know, yeah, my yeah kids that, that, age, that are hungry impressionable, yeah. yeah that that I can give because because around here in New England Look, it's not really like a lacrosse mecca. It should be, but hockey's so big.
1: Yeah, hockey is huge. So
0: those, those players, like those athletes are playing hockey and mm-hmm. taking it really serious. So lacrosse right. is still kind of a secondary sport to them. Yeah. As opposed to like Maryland, Jersey, yeah. like that's the lacrosse mecca. So yeah. those kids play like all year. Around here, a handful play all year and mm-hmm. do summer ball and all that. So, they, right. so by the time you get them in, in high school, they're they've just got all their habits, yep. good or bad, and yeah. they've got all their kind of like work ethic, good or bad, and they've got, and they've got um, and they've got their uh, their idea of what the game is and who right. they are, what their role is, and all mm-hmm. that, and it's just all too solidified, and sure. no, they've just shut down the growing. And I'd right. rather be the one to to send them there with what I can give, yes, them, you know? and and the tools to
1: succeed. So yeah, no, it kind of makes that. me
0: bummed I ever left that age group. Uh,
1: one thing that my best friend and I always share, though, um, this could be applicable for you, for you in the lacrosse journey the game will always be there the yeah. game will always be there and if yeah, you need exactly. to take some time off you know take some time off to regroup wherever it may be uh you know to find the right fit to ra- find the right you know community whatever it may be but uh yeah the game will always be there whether it be lacrosse or baseball yeah, i got respect yeah. for both yeah, yeah no i do too i do too
0: <laughs> i definitely have met like uh i met a, a nice young man i think i actually meant to m- mentioned him on one of the earlier podcasts too but just a, a nice kid and uh Like crazy avid baseball. Like he's so into it. So into it. And A, I loved his passion. Yeah. It was just, he was, he is so in. He's still a, geez, what is he? I think he's, I think he's going to be a junior in high school. Okay. And he's just, he plays center field as well. Nice. And he is like blazingly fast and just passionate and hungry. And so I went to go watch one of his games and it's like, you know, every time he, every time he was, on the field, yeah. he was in the game, he was involved. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? He in would catch zone. something, he'd back something up, yeah. he, if he was batting, he yes. got on, you know, like uh, if he was on base, he made it home. Right. You know, this kid yeah. was just like he was a player. Yeah. He's yeah, a, game, was, yeah, a game yeah, game changer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love that. It it's a spark plug
1: you need lead off center fielder.
0: Yeah. That's
1: what you gotta be. Just run hustle, get dirty, whatever you gotta do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh Pete Rose said you can overcome a lot of shortcomings just by hustle. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. Just totally.
1: Yeah. I think that's how I made the uh team when I was in Babe Ruth because I, I would run to practice, run to and from practice. My yeah. coach was like, I wasn't the most talented guy on the team, but I had the most heart and passion and enthusiasm. Yeah. Like, who's this Marabello guy? And oh, I, would just, yeah. I would I would put the baseball bag on my back and, you know, at that age, 13, I was, I was smaller than I am now and I, I would just sprint. I would sprint on the bike path uh, from, uh, you know, from home to the field and I think that helped me make the team.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't know. Those are my favorite kids oh. to coach for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah it was for fun. For sure. It was fun. I'll take a team of those any day over yeah. like superstars.
1: I learned, I mean, the work ethic from my mom and dad for sure. Um, just to, you know, whatever you can do, do as well as you can do. Go hard. You know, it might not be the best at it, but just be enthusiastic. Yeah. And, and put your passion into it. Yeah. And so uh, so yeah, that's the best way to go through life. Yeah,
0: right on. That is for sure. So, uh, well, let's let's freaking dig in, brother. Yeah, let's, let's dig him like, in. the like, batter's so box. Who, who right, is Nick? let's, yeah. let's cover the bases. Yeah, let's go. Let's go to first. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then and then the sexual innuendo start. <laughs> there you go, team builder.
1: Uh, no, this is great. So, um, yeah, so I guess digging in would be September seventh, nineteen eighty one day I was born, 7.54 okay. a.m. Just happened to renew my passport today, so I got to look at my birth certificate. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Mount Auburn Hospital, Cambridge, Mass. Uh, grew up in Arlington, oh, Mass. right yeah. on. I,
0: yeah. I, I was actually just going to ask you where you grew up. So, Do you know I'm a Mass kid too? I, Newton. I get, Newton, Mass. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. That was, I grew up in Arlington for 15 years, yeah. to age 2 to 17. Oh, right you right were on. Newton, yeah. Right I, on.
0: And I did Newton all my school. Cool. Okay, like nice. Newton High. Uh, Newton North. Newton North, okay. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. so what's the rival of That's, Newton North? Eh, South or South. Waltham. Oh, Waltham, okay. Yeah. All right, nice. I love yeah. people that aren't from Massachusetts. They say Waltham
0: yeah, or yeah. Waltham. Oh. Wal- have, have you seen that Facebook video <laughs> with people trying to pronounce like a <laughs> oh, ton of Massachusetts time. Like Peabody. body? Yeah, yeah. Wuchasaster, herzer, Herderster.
1: Nice. Right on. Um, actually, so Solville, um age zero, born to two. Was insolvable, and then um, my parents did divorce when I was two, and then my mom, sister, and I moved to Arlington, and I lived from Arlington from age two to seventeen, to right before I graduated. We moved like two weeks before I graduated Arlington High. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and then we, they moved to we moved to Wakefield, Mass. Yeah. And then eventually I started my career, and I was just kind of hitting the ground running. But yeah, yeah, it all uh yeah all started. I went to public high school. Went to public schools. Yeah, Brackett School Elementary School on 66 yeah. Eastern Avenue. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> and then uh, Artisan Junior High, 7th 8th, and then 9th through 12th, Arlington High. So that's... um, that was, It was neat because my school, high school, was about 1,200 students. And anyone that doesn't know, I mean, Arlington sits in the middle of Cambridge, Massachusetts, and Lexington, Massachusetts, you know, 15 minutes north of Boston. So it was fun. Um, and we had... When I eventually went to college, I looked at all different schools, large and small. And that's always a fun journey to find, trying to find the right college, that's the right fit for you. And then I was also wanted to play baseball, wanted to pursue my baseball career as mm-hmm. much as possible. I and mean, only got recruited by one Division One school. Everything else oh. was all D three, which is cool. And, I, and then I ended up getting to play uh, Division three baseball, Saint Joseph's College of Maine on Sebago Lake in Standish, oh, Maine. Nice. When I went there, Chris, nine hundred students. But 900, we just, I think maybe by my senior year, we brushed the 1,000 mark. So my college was smaller than my high school. Wow. It's funny too, my sister um, lover, Stephanie, she's five years old than me, more of a city gal. You know, she went, she did her first year of schooling at FIT, Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City. Nice, jealous. Um, Yeah, she's incredible. So, such such a talent. And, uh, you know, especially when there was times where she'd be babysitting me when we were younger. and. You know, whatever, we'd hop on the train, go to Boston. You know, I got to see the city pretty, pretty a lot with my sister, which is neat. So we did the recruiting trip up to St. Joe's and we pull up, and dude, there's an alpaca farm. You you know know the animals, alpacas?
0: Yeah, there's some some around here. There's an alpaca farm in Lee. Oh, perfect. Okay, great.
1: So, alpaca farm right across the street from the entrance of the school. And my sister goes, "Mom, Nick's not going to school at Turnaround." I'm like, "What?" She's like, "Where are we, Standish? Who names their town Standish?" And we're in the Maine, and we're in Apocryphon across the street. I'm like, "We got lunch with the coach. We got to do a tour. We got to see what you know what it's like." And um, all three of us, my mom, sister, and me, fell in love with it. It was a great wow. recruiting trip. The people we met, they it was wonderful. And I was like, I knew that's the right fit for me. And me in high school, I know my, let's say, let's say Nick Marbello in high school in a nutshell, three sport athlete, loved making friends and, and socializing with everyone and sometimes doing homework.
0: Right, you know? right, yeah. So then when I got to That's college, familiar. my
1: mom's like, you know what, Nicholas, it's hit the books, then hit the ball. Because okay. in high school, you reverse. I was like, yeah, you're right. So it was good. I um really explored more in my education in college and got involved working in admissions. And, and it was nice because it was a place where I was known as my first and last name and non-social security number, which is completely I have my best friend Syracuse University I have friends have gone to you know big schools and they've done amazing amazing work and they've excelled but it just wasn't that wouldn't be right for me yeah i wouldn't be i'd get i'd get lost i think so it was really oh, good you're discipline. saying
0: you liked like the small because everyone knew you admissions knew you like the school the administration that's only helped yeah i mean yeah. my
1: largest class was a lecture course my freshman year western civ by dr jonathan malmute it was 40 students and then you get further and then my second largest class was 26 students right i got further into my major i had classes 8 to 12 students Wow. i mean the mm-hmm. one-on-one attention that you got was perfect and i really got to you know get to know my professors and um, I could, you know, call or text him if I was going to be late running the class, right, right, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it was great. And I, I loved it and getting involved with the missions work. And then the game of baseball, um, uh, playing for coach Will Sanborn, class of 1986, who's going, they're going to the hall of fame this year, oh, the wow. St. Joe's, uh, the main baseball hall of fame, which is pretty sweet. Um, yeah. So I had, I had, a great, uh, great college experience up there. And, uh, it was funny. So my sister goes, when we left, so we rolled off campus. Now we're going full circle on the story. So we roll off campus after the whole, like, four-hour recruiting trip. And she goes, okay, I see that your face is lit up. I can see you like everything, Nick. The ball field's awesome. The place looks great. Probably the right fit for you. Just don't come back, listen to country music if you come back like on Thanksgiving <laughs> break. Well, let you know, Thanksgiving break, boom, my first country CD, Brad Paisley. And then my first country concert was later that uh, that year, uh, Alan Jackson. Yeah. at a sold out yeah, yeah, Portland yeah. Civic Center in Portland, Maine. So all my teammates did, all they did was fish, dip, and listen to country music. Oh, man. Oh, di- dip, fish, hunt, and listen to country music. I didn't dip, fish, hunt, so I had to pick one. So I went with country music. And uh, I loved it. It, it was great.
0: Yeah. What was, was your major there?
1: Uh, communications and public relations. All right. Yeah, yeah. And I did a lot of marketing classes and business classes, uh, my junior and senior year, and just got involved. I just I was a campus tour guide because I could probably walk walk backwards and point and talk I can to people. See and, that. I can totally see that <laughs> mucking it up and, and loving it. And, uh, I worked in the missions office and was a one of the class ambassadors, and it, it was a lot of, uh, a lot of fun getting to you know really represent the college in a good limelight and and talk to prospective students and their families, and I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And so. Oh, wow. That's what I did. Yeah, that right was, on. Yeah.
0: And then, um, so then you left, uh, I'm trying to think of like what I know. You left um, there and didn't you go to Philly? So Philly was. But not immediately. Not immediately, yeah. yeah so yeah. after
1: St. Joe's, graduated May 2003. It was three weeks before graduation, Chris. And I'm sitting there in the admissions office with co-worker friend, Kate Gallup. She was one year younger than me. Kate Gallops in there, we're both in the admissions office, we're folding envelopes, stuffing envelopes, folding envelopes, you know, just kind of a little mindless work, but needed to get done, so we're doing all that, and she looks over, and she's like, so you're graduating in three weeks, I said, yeah, she goes, what are you going to do with your life, I was like, what,
0: oh <laughs> wait, I pretty, hadn't even thought of that,
1: deep question there, I was like, but yeah, I just put four years of education in this place, what am I going to do with my life, so I remember at the time, I think I gave her some type of answer, like, I want to pursue my career in baseball as long as possible if not playing work around it Yeah, like that was I like, just blurred that out and I thought that was gonna be okay yeah well it was okay because then she goes do you know who my dad is I was like no who's your dad she goes he's the president of the Chatham A's down Cape Cod baseball league oh. and he's soon gonna be probably president or commissioner of the league I said that sounds like a connection wow yeah it does. <laughs> she goes send me your resume send me your stuff tell me what you want to do like we'll put something together and we'll send it to him I think he's gonna be up here like next weekend for parents weekend or towards graduation so that sounds fantastic. So I got everything together. One week later, boom, I'm putting my stuff in my own envelope, you know, getting, yeah. all, getting my resume, getting the cover letter all jazzed up and um, did research on the team and on, on, <laughs> on him. And uh, they came up. They took me out to dinner at Demillo's restaurant oh, nice. in Portland, yep. the floating restaurant there. I don't know it's at Congress Street, I think it is, a commercial. And uh, went out there for dinner, had a nice dinner. It was like dinner interview. I was super nervous. Like but, with
0: just this girl and her parents. Yeah, Oh, that's yeah, great. yeah. Kate
1: Gallup, Lori, and uh, Paul Gallup, and uh, they were wonderful. And then after dinner, we go to a Portland Pirates hockey game mm. and sat. On the glass, like mm. front, I mean, which was great, probably 10 bucks seats, but it was yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah. And we're sitting there, and we're just talking about life and college and stuff like that. We get finally, so it's like, you know, a four-hour rolling interview with amazing dinner and ice hockey game, uh, minor league hockey, which is neat because now we're like talking about, you know, minor league baseball and everything. So at the end of the night, we walk up to the car, and he goes, so do you think you'd like an internship with the Jada Mays? He said, full summer, and he gave me all the details. I said, I would love it. He goes, Well congratulations, shakes my hand. Uh-huh. Shakes my hand and then he pops the trunk. He pops the trunk. I look over. Chad and May's memorabilia. He's like, Pick out a teacher, pick out a hat. Yeah. So I left that night with a job. <laughs> with a hat of a team and the t-shirt and that was the coolest thing to go back to the I just, dorms. I
0: picture you sitting there in the parking lot the car's pulled away <laughs> and you're just like your mouth's open you're holding the stuff <laughs> draping in your arms like, I was like what just happened' I was
1: like I just got a job <laughs> it was cool and it was a paid internship you know that 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 and that was the catalyst that kind of set me for my my career and you know following the dream of I've always followed my dream Chris and that's what I've done I've kind of been different creative one of my friends to I don't know I, I tend to think Overly positive and optimistic yeah. at times, but I'm a big dreamer and I try to be a big doer as well. And so I wanted a, I wanted a career in baseball. So I was like, all right, let's do it. So minor league, um, Cape Cape League was an incredible experience, which uh, you'll love a couple uh, quick stories from that. But then that got me on to um, the next step, which was minor league baseball. I worked four seasons, uh, three seasons for the... Yard Delmarva-Schulberts of Salisbury, Maryland, the Class A affiliate of the Baltimore oh, cool. Orioles. So that was right pretty on. sweet. Yeah, it yeah. was cool. And so it was great because I got to do my put my marketing and communications and degree right to work uh, around the baseball team. Did type. that
0: job come from the Chatham? It came from like, the it, Chatham. Did that guy help you get that job, he, essentially? The
1: way he helped me was to give me freedom and creativity yeah. and, and let loose and then get noticed. Yeah. And what I mean by that was, it was, I was hired as the marketing PR. Like every team in the Cape League has three to five interns and usually the interns are you know anywhere from selling you know selling the merchandise selling the food those are the two biggest things of course because these games are all have you been to a Cape League game
0: no oh okay. no I haven't we there we we used to summer all the time in Falmouth which is a big mm. ba- you know Cape baseball town okay and um and I I not I never made it again like I'm okay. a lacrosse guy yeah yeah so true, like people yeah, would true. be like oh like, you want to go to these ball games I'm like eh, yeah no, not really <laughs>
1: <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> America's pastime, though, man. There was free. It was it was free. Look, the, 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 some fields would go anywhere from a thousand to four thousand fans. They could fit. Yeah, yeah, and everyone's free. And what they do, they yeah. pass the hat. Players that aren't playing that night, like maybe it's the pitchers in the bullpen, would come out into the stands yeah. in uniform, and they tip their cap, and they would pass along. People would just throw. A dollar or two or five bucks, whatever they did. Some families wrote checks, put it in the hat. They just passed the hat. That's how, and then they got their their money from the merchandise, um, from the souvenir shop and the the concession food. That's cool. Yeah, it was really cool. And the great thing about the Cape League, it's I don't know how many years it's been around now, but um, it's quite the history. But every player has to stay with a host family, and they have to work. They have to have a job. in town or they get set up a job so you have to and then they pay 50 bucks a week to live with these host families the host families of course take care of them with food mm. and travel and everything like that but these kids are you know the cream of the crop they're the best the best division one players um they're sophomore mostly sophomores and juniors mm. and every night behind the backstop chris there's 30 major league scouts representing mm. each major league team clipboard chugs gun stopwatch filming, camera, I mean, it's the works. It's really, really cool, and these guys are on Showcase every night. A couple Division 3 players are probably sprinkled throughout the league, but mostly it's Division 1, um, maybe some high, high-profile high Division 2 players, but it's a blast. So then I'm one of the, the five interns in the Chatham A's, <clears throat> and they were like, okay, work the merchandise, work the food, but do do some other stuff for the team, and do this, that, and the other thing. And they're like, well, let's get you to the press box, and work in the press box area, and get in the, in the business of baseball. I'm like, oh, this is great, you know. So a, the there was two gentlemen from Syracuse University, great communication school, right? They were both the game announcers for the team. They were coming back from college and weren't there yet. So they needed a game announcer. Now you have family. I mean, you have kids from UCLA or UC Irvine that are playing every night on, on the diamond. Now their parents can't fly to Cape Cod to go see their kid play the best summer league, but they can listen to it. Yeah. So it's it was a huge role. So they yeah, said, "That's cool." At least for the first five games, Nick, if you could be the on-field, uh, if you could be the press box announcer, you know, um, and do the online. So every night you have anywhere from 100 to 200 families listening to you. So I'll never forget my fifth game. So I was like shaky my first yeah, one, but yeah. I was like, I knew the game of baseball I played, so it yeah. was good. So they wanted a guy that knew the game. <laughs> so my fifth game, you know, packed three thousand people at Veterans Field Memorial <laughs> Park in uh, Chatham, Massachusetts. You have you have um uh, what was his name Ryan Klosterman Ryan who made it to the pros Ryan Klosterman from Vanderbilt University who's playing shortstop. Now I love this. We're ball ballfish, so I'm gonna you know, be able to point this out for you. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You have <laughs> a speedy guy on second base. They're like leadoff guy with one O and a big hitter up. Two strikes. It's a two two count. I'm in the press box. I'm like, all right. He comes to the stretch. You know, the pitch, you know, it was a slide step in the pitch. You can hear the crack of the bat. Mm. And that's so, because that's great with well, um, Cape League's wooden baseball, right? Wooden baseball bat. Crack of the bat. The guy smokes a line drive up the middle, Klosterman takes two steps in a dive and lays out parallel to the ground, snags it, and then stomps on the bag with his glove with the ball in the mitt for a double play in wow. out of the inning. The crowd goes crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> so all you hear is me, right? You had 100 fans listening back home. I go, you, hear, you, hear, you hear the crack of the bat. And I go, oh, my. Did you see that? <laughs> And I just stood around and looked at me in the press. And I go, "Of course you didn't, because I'm supposed to explain it to you." <laughs> and so, like, as they're like going to commercial, I'm doing what I just did to you to explain the whole like yeah, finesse yeah, play yeah. of Ryan Clowers. <laughs> so then after the game, the commissioner and my, my boss, Paul uh, Gallup, goes, "You know, Nick, we love your energy and enthusiasm. Yeah. Let's get you with a wireless mic, out in the crowd, maybe like throw out some cracker jacks oh, and throw nice. out some souvenirs." And where, so I said, "Okay, yeah, let's do that." So it was great, and I went by the name of Nick at Night. <laughs> so for the next 22 games, Chris, I was Nick at night at oh May's ball field. And we're sitting there one night, and it they, they was incredible because, I mean, we worked hard, but they would just treat us amazingly. Like we had lobster dinner at the Gallup's uh-huh. house one night. We're sitting there having lobster dinner. I'm with Jeff Frazier, who's um, a friend and amazing ball player. He ended up on getting drafted first round, the first pick of the third round for the George Toy Tigers. Mm-hmm. Incredible. incredible story from Rutgers, New Jersey, Toms River, uh, New Jersey. So I'm sitting with Chris, uh, Jeff Frazier, uh, Adam Yates, another great pitcher from Ole Miss, myself, Kate, uh, my summer sis, my summer brother, Pete Gallup, and then uh, Mr. and Mrs. Gallup, Lori and Paul, having lobster dinner. I'm like, hey, Nick, we need you to do, keep on going with the Nick and night stuff, but even bustle more creativity if you want. I'm like, more creativity? Like, what do, you, what, do you, what do you think? They're like, I don't know, maybe get up there on the dugout and like throw out some stuff and get the fans going mm. nuts, get on the mic, get the flag going, whatever you got to do. I'm like, all right. He's, I was like, you know, anything. He's like, anything you want. So the did next you invent
0: day, the T-shirt bazooka? I, no,
1: <laughs> no, but we did have one of those. <laughs> is that where is the awesome. stories going? Those yeah, are dangerous, I mean, though. Yeah. So here's where it's going. <laughs> I go to my bike the next day. I zip down to the local like uh, thrift shop. I paid a buck seventy five, dollar seventy five for the zoot suit. I got bell bottom suit, butterfly <laughs> collar jacket. Right, got Elmer's glue. Yeah, here I am with like you know, back in the, back yeah, of the day using yeah. glue. So I go because yeah. <laughs> I do vision boards. You know, glue sticks. So I go. <laughs> So I put Nick at Night on the back of the jacket and get those like silver sparkles and put it all there. So I got this Nick at Night flashy jacket, right? I got the white kicks on the next night. I come out of the bullpen on the seventh inning. I come out with uh, the Ace hat, the T-shirt, the zoot suit, the, the uh, and I have a bag full of autographed T-shirts. <clears throat> and I go, Pauly, hit my music. They put on the Pee Wee Herman tequila song.
0: no, 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 no. no. <laughs>
1: It was a little bit slick too and they were down by two that inning right seventh inning mid-seventh i come flying down the left field bullpen i jump up on the dugout and do like a belly flop slide because it was slick i checked it the first time che- <laughs> I, I, and then i got up and the crowd's like what is going on with nick and i and I, at this time i'm already like 15 games into the whole shtick right yeah, yeah. and i start doing the dance and the crowd's loving it And every time they yell tequila i throw a t-shirt out to the crowd and the fans were going nuts and i let them know i had the wireless micos the most invigorating 90 seconds of my young oh, career. Yeah. <laughs> so I get down, I'm all huffing and puffing, all out of breath. The Duggo, who they, of course, they're pissed because they're down by two, but they came out and like they all watched me. And they all know that. I was, they were like, this guy's nuts. He's enthusiastic. We love it. And they they knew me by then. And uh, even Chris Secuto, the assistant coach, was like, look at Mirabello. He wants it. He's into it.
0: Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, put me out there, coach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, oh, I so wanted yeah. that.
1: <laughs> and so I got back to the bullpen, and this gentleman, uh... The last name Vogel, Mark Vogel. He was a 20 year vet in the uh, Cape Cod Times oh. writer, writing. Oh. Yeah, veteran writer. So, photographer writer. He goes, "I've been working 20 years for the Cape Cod Times. What was that? What the hell was that? Yeah. I've never seen anything what can like I that." Call this? I was like, "I'm Nick at Night." He's like, "So they end up following us around for like three days, like talked to Adam Yates and Jeff Fraser myself, and these are star players." So that they got this, you know, the intern. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, dude, like a week later, I wake up for breakfast next morning and. Um, Paul and Lori, my host mom and dad, have the newspaper, the Cape Cod Times, laid out on the kitchen table counter. Three-page, full pictures, c- color, everything. At Chen Mays games, it's Nick at night, getting the fans fired up. like, And they had a three-page story about what I did. That's for the, awesome. It was so cool. That was like, that was bigger than the paycheck I got at the end of the summer. That oh, felt yeah. so... I mean, the paycheck was nice, but that was incredible. Yeah. And I said, wow, this is something that they could use. And they ended up um, going to... You know, it's always been kind of hustle and grind. So I was working the restaurant business throughout my whole, you know, put myself through high school and college and uh, working the restaurant business, Bertucci's, and then eventually Naked Fish. So when uh, the Cape League ends, it's like, okay, back to reality. Now I got to find what am I going to do? For, I can't like just be Nick and Knight again for Chatterman. Yeah, yeah. You know, I got to go into my career. So I was like, I want a job within minor league baseball. Minor league baseball is fun. I'll work my way up the ladder. I'll figure something out something. I want to be a director of marketing of a, of a team, maybe the pro someday. I want to be like the next Theo Epstein. I was gonna like, work my way up, I'll right, learn the right. game. You know, I'll go to grad school, figure everything out. So I uh, went back to the restaurant, scrounge up all my tip money every single night, and I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna buy a new suit. I'm gonna buy uh, do everything for my resume. I'm gonna go find um, where there's a job fair where I can fly to and get this done." So I went down. It was down in New Orleans every year. It's called Pebo Professional Baseball Employment Opportunity, and they have mm. two hundred jobs for two thousand college grads. So it's like full. Like full contact, get your resumes in the box and see what can happen. But you basically go to this three-day job fair, Chris, and uh, every major league and minor league team is, um, is represented. And you f- go on the board and you find out what positions you think you'd be great at. <clears throat> then you drop your resume in the box and cover letter. And then you walk away. And then four hours later, you come back and check and see if you've gotten an weird. It's weird, dude. Yeah. It's crazy. So with all that money I saved up, I was like, "Okay, I'm going to make 100 copies of my resume, 100 copies of my cover letter, and then I'm going to take that three-page article the Cape Cod Times and I'm going to go buy the most expensive, heaviest cardstock I can find, like a brick, and <laughs> print it out and staple it to my resume and cover letter and drop in the box because who else is doing that, right? So I want um, oh smart God. my buddy. Thank you, I appreciate that. <laughs> Some of the, um, my peers didn't like that because yeah. no one else was doing it. And I said, well,
0: nor did anyone else do that. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I uh, dropped in 100 um boxes. One was like general manager. Like things I weren't even qualified for right. yet, right? Yeah. At that age I'm I'm 22 years old. Yeah. <laughs> 20, 22 years old, applied to be a general manager. <laughs> yeah. I put it everywhere, right? And eventually I got uh I was I was blessed and honored. I got um 10 job interviews in that 3 days. And three job offers. Right on. And I uh, chose the best one from the leader, Steve and C. Yaros, who's the general manager of the Yard Maver Shorebirds down in uh, Salisbury, Maryland, the Class A affiliate of the Baltimore Orioles. And I ended up working there. Did, so this, and I'll, uh, then we'll get into the business. All right. I get so excited because I'm a storyteller, right? I ended up doing Nick at night for an entire season in minor league baseball down there. 70 games. 70 games. So Cape League was only 25. I did for the seven, season. For the season. Yeah, I was yeah. Nick at night yeah. for the minor league baseball for the season. As well as like
0: that's so funny so they hired you to do that exact same thing because yeah, like we want that yeah that's yeah amazing
1: that's what Steve said. he's like that's what I want yeah that's a guy that's hungry and like and it was it was nuts and like the stuff I would do like Marilyn Larry fit in the game you get up in the dugout I'd throw down 20 scratch tickets and I would sprint around for 85 seconds scream on top of my lungs to see what crowd wanted more I get so much energy I mean our stadium could fit 7000 people mm. i mean fireworks night or if like a, a major leaguer was doing a rehab you we could squeeze 10 grand ten eleven thousand 11,000 fans in there Jesus. you know standing room only yeah. whatever it takes so that that game must have been you know six 6,500 people screaming going nuts i'm running on the tops of stairs or on the backs of chairs i'm running up on the railing i'm up on the balcony i'm all over the place as much as i can get i try to cut my goal was to cover as much of the steam i could in 85 seconds because you have to leave five seconds for the sponsorship line right right <laughs> and so everyone's like was talking about that 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 Nick and night stick of like the Maryland lottery fan the game at the end, I go into my boss's office, Steve, he's like, Hey Nick, great show tonight. Great job. <laughs> he goes, but we don't have life insurance on Nick and Night, so stop that shit. Yeah. Right. He's like, don't be hanging off the <laughs> Raptors. I was like, okay, I just got, I got into it with the crowd, but uh, it was cool. I did that. So I did it <laughs> for 70 games. I'd also do, you know, I, but I work full time during the, during the season in the, in the first month, month of March. He's like, I can't pay you the month of March. You'll, your payment will start April because you're an in, you're technically mm-hmm. an intern. But if you want to come down and get acclimated, I'm, I'm like, I'm there. So I worked for free the first month. Nice. Yeah, and then just hustled and grinded and then uh, got it done, and uh, I, I had a blast. And so at the end of the season, he goes, I mean, he said in a nice way, but for, for the time's sake, he goes, do you really want to be just a whack job with a microphone running around baseball field <laughs> for the rest of your career? Yeah. I said, no. He goes, you ready to be like, you know, marketing communications manager for me and then work your way up to director. I said, Yeah, that's that's the vision. And yeah. He said, All right, let's do that. So nice. then uh, by the third year, I was director of marketing and working for, you know, minor league baseball. And um, it, it was great. And the Orioles, I got to work directly with the Orioles. And Bill Stecca, I don't know if he's still the director of PR, but he was the director of public relations for the Baltimore Orioles at Canberra Yards. And he was a great mentor. He was always so, so uh, very kind. and um, But uh, the best was, was Steve Yaros, our general manager. He's an incredible leader. Yeah. That's when I really learned the power of creativity was how i saw steve lead that was like i said i want to be the leader that that steve is to our team right now it was it was it was it was awesome and then well your
0: your your example is a great power of creativity too
1: oh thank you
0: (laughs) because you were given this like uh (coughs) carte blanche kind of thing to to go do what you want and and you just being creative and energetic yeah and having an amazing work ethic right right like yeah. right, those things were were catapulted you to essentially wherever you wanted to go it, it was cool you know it, it, it was, was pretty amazing
1: cool. and my mom I, I remember my mom my mom went through a tough break of her ankle in that um winter of 03 and so I was like home I was living back home living home work at the restaurant like seven nights a week I was like I gotta get save up for this Pebo job fair and I gotta do this and then when I got the job in Maryland, I was still like I wasn't. She was she's tough cookies. She take care of herself, but you know she your mom's with a cast and, mm. and you're living at home. So I was like I gotta you know I want to do stuff for whatever I could. Never forget it was a Sunday morning. Had the phone call with CVR. She's so like yeah if you can get down here like X amount of days would be great. Um, and give me the you know give me the, the the yes. And so of course I need like 72 hours to think about. It. He's like I'll give you 24 hours. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I go to the porch. My mom's sitting there foot propped up. She got the full cast on. Reading the Sunday paper, sipping on some morning coffee. And I told the whole story. And she was so proud and so happy for me her face lit up like a christmas tree chris but then i go but i don't think i'm gonna take it and she's like what yeah. and you know, my mom greek and portuguese you know the fire came. Up. she's like what what do you mean you're not gonna t- this is your dream what do you mean you're not gonna take it i was like i want and i said i mumbled something you know like i want to be here to take care of you and help with, you know the ankle and she i'll never forget this chris she slammed down the um uh placed her coffee gently <laughs> but then <laughs> slammed the newspaper down and stood up on the bad foot on the cast and everything yeah. and it was like you will take this. This is your dream. I'll be fine. You live your dream. And I want you to chase your dreams and, and do whatever it takes. And yeah, it was like a moment, and then just like mm. tears, of just embracement, and it was. I'll never forget. That it was at 31 Avon Street in Wakefield. There, uh, the little porch there. It was cool. That is cool. Yeah. So uh, that that was that uh, it was it was a wonderful experience. So our team, the Baltimore Orioles uh, minor league team, the the shorebirds, they were owned by, as we know, the cable conglomerate Comcast. Well, Comcast has a sports marketing firm called Comcast Spectacore. Comcast Spectacore also is an affiliate of Global Spectrum. Global Spectrum Comcast Spectacor own 75 venues across the nation. They also own and operate the Philadelphia Flyers hockey team mm. and the Philadelphia 76ers basketball team. And then three minor league teams in Maryland. And we're probably like the last three of like the whole, if you look at the bottom line. The know. hierarchy. Yeah, exactly. And so, but the neat thing was they would watch over every single venue, over every single employee. And um, when you performed, you know, you got rewarded. And they were big on that. They always There was a huge thing in their corporate office said, if you um, reward behavior you want to see repeated reward behavior you want to see repeated i love that it always stuck with me and um so steve Yaros first and then myself second we got uh promoted up to the corporate office he went on to be the vp of marketing for the 76ers the year iverson got traded and it was oh, probably wow. their best year in marketing steve crushed he it. It was incredible and then i went on to work complex marketing and i was in the arena you know my desk was that was the thing at shorebirds my desk was a 30 second walk to home plate and that's something i put on my oh, vision board yeah. which you probably we should probably dive into that in a moment sorry yeah. but then uh and then my desk is a 30 second walk to the arena, whether it be the floor for a concert or the basketball court or the ice. And our job was myself and seven others, incredible team, the eight of us, had to market, promote, and advertise every single event that took place in those arenas. At the time, it was the Vicovia Spectrum and when the Covia Center.
0: Oh, uh, two arenas? Two arenas, yeah. yeah. So,
1: Barland Bailey's, Ringling Brothers, um, Barland Bailey, uh, Blue Man Group, Disney on Ice, High School Musical, all the rock concerts, all the pop, all the concerts. It, it was really, really cool, yeah. fun experience. I and then I got to it's lead amazing. a team. I got to lead a team of, um, we call them CMDs, college marketing directors, and uh, 18 students. And I uh, led them for a three-hour class every Friday. And it was so incredible just to... You know, get them jacked up with with uh, with with enthusiasm and marketing energy, and it was fun. So that was really cool. Totally. So I did that for um, two two years. So I was and so went from I guess yeah I went from Standish, Maine, right away to the Cape League, from the Cape League to Maryland for three years, and then Philadelphia for two years, and then went back to my alma to go work on my uh, grad degree and work uh, back with the uh, student life office, the admissions office, become an assistant baseball coach. This is after years. the Comcast, yeah. After so the you Comcast. left the job. I left, yeah. For oh. Comcast. So once you conquer Philly, if you will, <laughs> we, they ship you out, or like they like to say promote. Yeah, they just take you and they put you in any building they want, right? And there were a couple of things that were floating around, and I just kind of saw the vision growth path that I was on. Yeah, you know, it, it, it was an honor, and I was with incredible teammates, you know, um, that I had down there: Rich Trella, Bob Kem, Dustin Godsey. I mean. Laura Toscani, Lisa, I mean, uh, everyone was, they were all amazing, um, and they were all climbing the ladder, and, and they were all, the eight of us just, we crushed it for two years, and then all of a sudden, they start, you know, promoting us left and right, and I was like, I don't think I want to do this anymore, yeah. and it was getting really corporate, I mean, we went to Seattle, they brought us to Seattle for a week with all the marketers, and it was like a thousand marketers, I mean, this company. For this one met, company? Yeah, a, the company's massive, That's crazy. massive, I mean, you could have, now they're probably up to like 80 or something venues now, they own two major league teams. Is this um, nationwide? Yeah, they own yeah nationwide, yes, and then they own a few establishments overseas too. I think I don't right. know exactly where, but um, they've grown quite a bit. And so I was just I just I got too corporate for me, and I just said you know what and I, I didn't I didn't want to know where they were gonna ship me. There was a thing one was like, one one building was Western Mass, one building was Southern Florida, one building was Portland Oregon. I probably should have took a look at that one, <laughs> and then something uh, else. But I just said you know what I just I just. uh I called up. I called up St. Joe's. I called up my college. Said, "Hey, they're about to ship me out somewhere. I don't think I want anything open." I'm starting to
0: feel small. That's what I picture. That.
1: Oh, okay, yeah.
0: You know what I mean? I'm start, I'm starting to just feel like small. Like now I'm, when there's a when there's over there a thousand marketers, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. uh, and shipping you anywhere, you don't feel right. as. You know what I mean by small? Like
1: you're, yeah, I hear you saying yeah. less empowerment.
0: Yeah, like less less. Uh, I matter less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like uh, the the amount of uh, teeth on the cog. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like a mm-hmm. tiny little tooth now, you know, right? I'm like a four right. tooth right. giant tooth. You know, I mean? <laughs> right, like, right, That's
1: right. cool. Yeah, I. Uh, that's a really good perspective. I I sometimes look at that too. How can I make my time shine? I guess something mm-hmm. I always said to the college ball players on the field, or how can I stand out? How can I make a difference? Yeah. Like going back to that internship all of the interns played a significant role. It was a very, you know, it's not easy, but it was fun too. But I said, I want to do something, I just want, I, I want to do something different. I want to make an impact, I want to make a positive impact in the community. And uh, and then I just kind of took that attitude everywhere I went. And then when I got with Comcast, I just said, you know, eventually, I mean, it was, I learned so much from all of them. Um, Bob Schwartz, Ike Richmond, all they were, everyone. But even though I was still, I always want, I kind of want to be on Steve's team again. I was like, <laughs> itching to get back, maybe like maybe I can work with him again and be with the 76 but uh, life, there, life, the different paths, different journeys, different things happen. And then I just said, okay, now it's my time just to just take take control and and do what I want to do. And I was gonna be twenty seven, so I was like, all right, let me call up uh, St. Joe's. Let me see what uh, so we can make happen. And they were great. They said, you know what, hang on, stars might start aligning. And uh, within two days, they gave me a phone call. I'll never forget. I took a job yeah. interview on my lunch break, and I parked my car in the middle of the. <laughs> now you've got a picture of this large arena. This is where the. This is the only place in the nation, when pretty cool in Philadelphia, where all major league sports, all four major league sports, are all together in one complex. Right. You have the Lincoln Financial where oh, the really, Eagle, yeah. Eagles play the Citizens Bank Ballpark where the Phillies Phil- Phil- play, and you have the Sixers and Flyers all right there. So these parking lots are massive. Yeah. I parked my car in like the middle of the parking lot, like H whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so one of my buddies <laughs> during a conference, like during like you know next few hours in that day, he's like, "Dude, why was your par- why was your car parked in the middle of?" h lot today like <laughs> random i just saw that at the conference room i'm like oh no i just so i don't know i just, just wanted to a moment <laughs> yeah, so i made something i panicked made something up he's like okay sketch <laughs> <laughs> and then uh you know a week later i'm giving my resignation but it was um it was the right thing to do and, and then uh then my career started at uh, st joe's for three years i was there oh right. seven to 2010
0: was it awesome coaching that team? Oh, it
1: was great. Yeah. I mean, that, the biggest thing was mentoring and leading and motivating the college students there. And also, as the the office job that I had, uh, student development and student activities, I got to lead 12 resident advisors, 12 RAs were on my team. Uh, we were teamed team together, and we had to oversee three resident halls, so that's 300 students. So I was kind of in charge of 300 students, 12 students that were mine to lead to motivate to mentor and and to help you know keep the res halls you know community and community driven and mission driven and with the core values of the campus and get involved and just also coach them through their college career and i Mm. was like i was an ra one year i know how it was it's not an easy task let's 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 work together and the fun thing was is that we met we had an hour meeting um, once a week that was the best part of my job i was like i get to work with these students for one hour once a week and i can make a difference within this one hour and we can make a great difference as a team and that's where we actually started um the great thing was we started the UROC award, and that's where the birth of UROC uh-huh, started. Yeah. It was in 2007. The, brain, the, uh, the thought process started to happen because I really wanted, going back to, you know, I learned in Philly is, you know, you want to reward behavior, you see repeated. So I told the staff, I said, hey, team, there's 12 of us. We're here every single week. We're here all year long. Let's make the most of it, and let's have it like an employee RA of the week. Like oh, I love it. How, what's the criteria? I said I want you to come to the staff meeting every week with a new power paragraph about your peer. A, a, a power power paragraph. Oh, write a paragraph about your peer. What they've done. What 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 do they have exemplified in and out of the classroom, in and out of the resident halls on campus. What what have they done to exemplify? So write something about your peer, and then I'm going to read them all out loud, and then um well, then we'll select the you know whoever has the most paragraphs or whoever has you know whoever has what well, we think that week was the leading example will win the award. It was great because every week was something different. Yeah, um, you know, Good back idea. back in my office, I on like some cheesy on Microsoft Word, I printed out like a certificate. You know, the rock yeah. award, I signed it, they signed it. I had a little paragraph about them <laughs> and had like you know some clip art on it. But what was really cool, I found this really awesome. I'd say a size of. Viewers can't see us right now, but maybe what two softballs? Yeah, two softballs. The size of two softballs, a big stone, big big rock, on the shores of Sebago Lake. I took it to a stone sketcher. I had her sketch in the letter U, in colored in royal blue, the school colors. And it was the U Rock Award. Uh-huh. So we bring this rock to the staff meeting. So they got the cheese certificate, but in the rock. And then okay, they, they bring the rock. And they got to own the rock, rock for a week. For their, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you started like, sometimes That's they a let it prof- Yeah, it was cool. They start like, yeah. you started in their dorm room, where you started in their backpack, or you started like on their desk at class, or you started like on a teacher's desk for a so paperweight. So you
0: invented the t shirt, bazooka, and <laughs> the pet rock, is what I'm getting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Trademark. <laughs> That's hilarious.
1: Um, yeah, and so then, I, but I saw what it did to their faces, Chris. They lit up. They were yeah, excited. Yeah. They felt good about it. They, everyone wanted to know who gets the U Rock Award. And I was like, okay, if I start when I start my own business, I was like, U has got to be in the name. I got to figure a way to put that in. There. And that was always been my dream. I didn't tell more, much of my friends in uh, high school, but my dream was always to start my own business before the age of thirty. I'm like, well, why, why the hell not? Let's just try it out. I'm learning, I'm hearing all these different stories, and I was like, I want to start my own business before the age of thirty. So. Um, by 29, I I founded UROC and started, and it's been quite the journey. I'm going to be approaching my 35th birthday next month, yeah, yeah. and um, I'm excited. So it's almost six years standing, surviving with UROC, uh, but we need to be thriving. So we're making some changes and we're evolving and doing some stuff. But um, that's how uh, that's where the name yeah, was
0: yeah. Branded, that's it, great you know, that's started. a good yeah. story yeah. where the name came from. Yeah, thank you, thank that's you for cool. listening because I it. think it's a great name. I appreciate it. But, yeah, so it's let me t- let me it's say what. Uh, uh, me, I'll describe my version of what I think it is. This is good. Yeah, yeah. This is good. This is healthy. Okay. <laughs> so I hear about this company, UROC, and I meet you and I, and I go to your, uh, I told you the story about the vision board thing. Oh, that
1: was the first impression was the UROC networking experience? Yeah. Oh. I had never
0: heard of the company. I, I oh. remember I met you and everyone. I met Nick through Raya. I Raya El Raya, Raya Elhashmi of El assignment. Yes, so I she, listened to the whole thing. You two yeah. were
1: amazing. So she, she
0: Yeah, points. she was episode six. Yeah. Awesome, amazing life for, uh, oh. friend for life,
1: like friend for life. Yes, Barbara. in yeah. golden sunshine, I call her Raya of Sunshine. Yeah. Such good light, such good positivity. Yeah, yeah, such yeah. a talented photojournalist. Yeah,
0: my my now wife. Whoa. Yeah, congrats. Oh, first bro. time I said it out oh, loud. Wow. Yes, congrats. On, this, on a this microphone that is yeah. <laughs> my my wife. Um, she like randomly comes up to me. Yeah. I don't know, like a week ago. She sa- she says, she just goes, "You know what brightens my day?" And I was like, "What?" And she's like, "Rea's posts."
1: Boom. That's cool. It's
0: crazy. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. So she met her at the uh, Wild at Vibes. The, at Wild Vibes, and they and they hit it off obviously, and mm-hmm. uh, and so they became like Facebook friends, and and uh, and I love uh, that all Reya's posts are just like it's they nothing are. but positive and empowerment and for beautiful yes
1: and in young women her age need to see and hear and feel oh, that yeah. you know i think she's 25
0: yeah, yeah. well yeah that you know that being said so do so do older women yeah you're right so do older women you're right yeah she's she is uh she could potentially be on the threshold of of a big thing
1: yeah, yeah yes well sure. said yeah sure. and well beyond her years if that's what you want like oh, like yeah, like, yeah. yeah very yeah, yeah excellent i love that yeah, and yeah. so it was Rhea that invited you to the you Euro- Well, so, so my-
0: no so she just introduced me uh just not quite yet but she says you know you should meet nick like you guys would hit it off and like he'd be a great interview and and so i was like oh cool like what does he do and and she she um what's kind of funny about it is she didn't really describe what you rock was it was just this yeah. company you rock and and uh She's. I can't quite remember like what exactly she said that to, to make me think, like, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, she must have described, like... Personal growth, like, professional development. Sometimes that's our soundbite. Nah, no, it wasn't like that. Vision but it was, boards? Nope, but, like, wow. motivating, you know, okay. like, motivates motivating people. Okay, yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. It was, like, high energy. Cool. I think it was more like that. More like okay. describing you. Okay,
1: okay, I like that. Than that's the cool. company. I read right? on, yeah.
0: So, I reached out to you. Mm-hmm. She had already mentioned me yeah. to you and all that, so, like, we had already kind of virtually met. Yeah. And then... Um, and then you're like, yeah, we should do this. Like we should just get together and like talk about it. But I'm doing this thing on Wednesday. You should come to it. Yes. And so, I'll, and, and you, you know, a real vague sort of, um, it's going to be a, to me, I forget exactly what you said, but I envisioned kind of a local entrepreneur cocktail hour. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. Okay, we're just yeah, going to yeah, get sure. together and yeah. meet each other and right. talk and meet. and Right. You know, see who can inspire who, right? Right, yeah, and uh, so it's a two hour event. I text with Rhea. She says the real magic doesn't start for like the you know for the second hour. Yeah, she said that. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. I said so of course intuitively I think oh in other words people are like schmoozing so it's a little mm. awkward in the right. first hour. People haven't had a drink yet. And then the, the last hour right. is like you know people are just like loose and really having fun. That's yeah. where the magic kind of like happens. And yeah. I'm like cool. So I'm going to be fashionably late. I'm going to show up in like the last hour. And uh which is also Dempsey late, not just fashionably late. <laughs> FYI, world. That's why we get that along hasn't so well. <laughs> been my victim yet? And uh, yeah, <laughs> and so I show up and. And um, you're like, oh, good, glad, so glad you could be here. Blah blah. blah. We you're stunned. like, I just finished my motivational speech, and now we're <laughs> starting the vision boards. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so this is like a thing, like an event. We're actually doing stuff. Stuff's happening. I'm like, oh my god. Okay, Res- reset expectations. <laughs> you know. Oh my god, it was so funny. So so like, you're basically like, you know, grab a drink. Yeah. Get some water. <laughs> have a beer. Like whatever you want. There's some snacks. Yeah over there and here's like in your hand he's like four magazines and some scissors <laughs> <laughs> that, that's wild i love it oh it's hilarious <laughs> glue sticks so, on the table yeah yeah There's probably and, that, and, like there was
1: 12 others there I yeah think. And
0: like like three long banquet tables like yeah. pushed together with, with everything and just surrounded by like i think 13 or 15 people yeah, yeah. um
1: what was the what would you think the, the a lot of colors in the place a lot of uh yeah,
0: yeah a lot of stuff stuff visual like stuff to look at like yeah, you yeah, can just yeah. sort of stand there and look around for a while yeah, yeah, before yeah. you talk to anybody yeah yeah right? yeah it's kind of cool including the giraffe yes which the college <laughs> the students, students gave table. that to me oh right
1: on uh, yeah. college students gave it to me when, uh, yeah they give me a certificate to the place it was like Half the price of the thing, and I was like, I'm getting this. It's yeah. Griffy. Uh, yeah. Well, we named it Griffy, but the no, giraffe. Ma- no, yeah, mascot. yeah, you rock's mascot.
0: <laughs> so, um, so I just I choose to embrace it. You know, I choose like, okay, whatever, whatever this is. I still haven't even wrapped my head around it yet. <laughs> I'm choosing to embrace. This, I appreciate I'm that. choosing to like, like, yeah, because how many times respect have you... the process of whatever this is and like dive in.
1: Thank you. And you yeah. did, did incredible. Before that, did you have as anyone have you ever flipped through magazines holding a pair of scissors?
0: Uh, not as an adult. Okay. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) And, uh, so, so then, so we sit down and and you explain we're making vision boards. I I do know what a vision board is. So we're making vision boards and, 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 um, and, um, you gave me the premise, where do you see yourself at the end of the year? Yeah. By the end of 2016, where right. do you see yourself or and or where do you want to see yourself? Yes. Where do you want to be? Yes. Boom. boom. Go. Cut Go. out of pictures. Yeah. And um so then I'm so I'm just kind of like doing it. Right. And I'm like, okay. And i so at the same time I'm looking around the room. Yeah. And I think I told you this before, but um it was like I, I went home and told Leah all about it. Yeah. You know, she would have hated it. Well, she right. would have hated the end of it because she, you had to like she, talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> and which I
1: never do only on those once a month Wednesday, yeah. these you rock. It's the best part of it though. It's the sharing. But I don't it's do like, if you go to a regular vision board party or another rock experience, yeah. I never have anyone get up and say, this is on my vision board because it's a more private individual thing. But yeah. this one, I'm trying to build community. We're making a community board and I want to kind of break the barriers and have people build that speed of trust and yeah. knowing each other yeah. on a personal level is so much more important than just what you do for your profession. Because right. when we get to know each other real, get to know each other as individuals, the speed of trust starts to happen and then you can you know, work a business relationship if you yeah, want. Right, right, right.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a, that's like that classic. Like I avoid when I meet someone, asking what they do. Right. Yeah. Hate that question. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of in vogue now to hate that question right. and, and like avoid it. But like, yeah. it really does. It really is weird if you sit yeah. there and think about it. Right. It it sets the tone for comparisons for mm-hmm. you know judging yes. and all that stuff. So I don't do it. I don't good. Really I like that. do. Cool. You know? I like this good practice. So um so what I said is I I'm looking I'm looking around this room and I said I could not have gone into a more you know, average town mm-hmm. and in the middle of the day and gone on a bus and put with a blindfold on and just grabbed 15 people and brought them out. You know what I mean? It was the most random group of people. And, <laughs> yes, it was. Um, all ages and stages all of All ages. Life. I mean, there was a girl, she's 11, yeah, 10. Yeah, she was there. So she was a daughter yeah, who Abby's also daughter. participated and yes. it was awesome. Yep. And her mom. And so yep. there were, I mean, it was probably a roughly 50-50 male-female. Yes, it I was. I think it yep. really was. Yeah. And then it was... I'd say. I mean, she was the youngest by a long shot. But right. then Reyes in her twenties. Yep. And there, there. I mean, who who do you think the oldest was? Maybe. um Maybe, Bo. My, maybe my partner,
1: Bo Wolf. There is fifty eight. Yeah. Yeah. But Keys um, became on as a business consultant, uh, a business development consultant, yeah. and then uh re- we're recently thrown around titles and came up with fuel developer because <laughs> you know as the chief igniter that I am, you we know, always good good to have some right, fuel right, around. Right. So told him to focus more on the corporate side. Um um where he can he talks a lot i mean he's in all these bni groups and all these different things so he, he has gone more of like if the if you if corporation's gonna hire you, rock. maybe bo is gonna be the one to kind of mm-hmm. set that partnership mm-hmm. which would be great to take that kind of off my plate. And i can focus on the education piece yeah, which yeah, we yeah. can dive into later but yeah yeah so i would say bo's 58 yeah, yeah yeah so yeah.
0: it was cool and so yeah. so then i you know and everyone's really into it and and uh and so I cut out my pictures and I and I gave yeah. it to the board and I explained and, and I did I I can't remember if I went I don't think I went last. No. I think uh, we we it was sort of random in the beginning but both started off and then we we ended up just sort of going in a circle. Yeah. And so I think Right. Um you know, so I, no, I wasn't last, but you were mid range because I remember
1: you mm, did also help a gentleman that went prior to you. Yeah, he was saying yeah. you were singing to my left, he was singing to my right. Yeah. the guy that gentleman wanted to be the guitarist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had some yeah. really good advice for him. Yeah. Um, that that was yeah, that was cool. So you probably I don't know maybe mid of the pa- mid pack. Yeah, you got yeah, to yeah, share yeah. yours.
0: And I show I shared my uh, I am and I've I've come to the conclusion that I am an artist and I'm now announcing myself as an artist. Yes. So my my visions were all about like I've settled with I am an artist. And, right. And moving forward with You're that, the cool so. picture of the crayon box, too. Yeah, what yeah, exactly. yeah, Well, that's yeah. where I... I think I saw that first, and so that set the tone for yes. what I wanted to, like, say with the vision yeah. board. And... Uh, but I... I mean... And then at the end, at the end of it, at the end of an event like that, mm-hmm. when people do share it like that, I really found that the room was instantly bonded. Yes, you know, there was like a real, a genuine bond. Because, like you said, like I helped that guy. Like I, you did, yeah. You know, I reached out to him. Right, and he accepted it. Right, and the little girl. Remember the picture of the picture Costa Rica. Of Costa Rica, yeah. and you
1: drove it up on your phone. and yeah, she yes. had it right there. That was yeah. really cool. Yeah, yeah. it. I, that's what I love. I love working with. A team of people, whether it's a corporation team, a athletic team, or a group of people, which I end up calling a team, like a community, like that random group of fifteen of us that evening, but we walk out a better team, a better community than we walked in.
0: I, and I also think that there's something like therapeutic about it, yeah, because because these people in this room were like were genuinely sharing, right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like there was a sincere vulnerability shield down.
1: You should have seen last month. Last month we had, that was June that you were in. This past July, we had 30 people there. Yeah. Open hearts on the table. I mean, people just pouring out. I was like, wow. Yeah. It was big. Because what what we do, um, we ask one question per month. Every month is a new question. We've done four so far. Just something we started. It was Bo, my, um, myself, his daughter, who's in her 20s, young, mm-hmm. tw- younger than Raya. Uh, her name's Stephanie. And Raya, we were all there working on like a Saturday. We were in the U rock office. Raya was at her desk doing uh, some photos, photo editing, editing. Um, Bo calls her Steffi, his daughter Stephanie. Steffi was, uh, came with Bo. I was in my office, and he's like, hey, you want to go down to the vision room? like, yeah, let's go. So we went down the vision room, which we were at that mm-hmm. night, with the whiteboards. And so Bo, Stephanie, and myself were just writing down ideas of how can we build a neat networking experience. And one thing, I to I pride myself on New Rock, not doing events, but doing an experience, like yeah. having an experience. I want people to really enjoy that. and. And I want them to feel empowered and be engaged and leave inspired every time they step forth into a UROC experience. So, and then Rhea came out and she started brainstorming with us, and we helped build that acronym of what UROC is for these once a month networking experiences. So, if you look at UROC vertically, unique referral opportunity to communicate knowledge. Right. UROC. So, and that's what people do, they communicate knowledge on. What they, who they are, and what they do, but um, more or less, it's who they are, yeah, and, and what they're feeling and what they want to yeah. be. Yeah, it's it's yeah, yeah. so it's really cool. What it they breaks, want yeah, yeah, and how they want to feel, and it breaks down that barriers and it builds trust. Yeah, it's cool. I was oh, so that is your first kind of seeing you rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, I like that.
0: And so so then uh, I guess um, I don't know enough about it. So explain um, like. Uh, I'd like to know a couple things sure. one is you know where the vision boards came from mm-hmm. two is uh what your vision of the vision boards are like what like why do you think they're such a good tool okay and what do you what are your hopes for those with the tool okay you know what cool. I mean yeah. and then that kind of all leads to like essentially like what u rock is and what u rock's goal is right on thank
1: you so uh question one I'll say. You know, vision boards have been around for years, years. When I first was introduced to them was um, September 1999, my freshman year at St. Joseph's College in Maine. Up on stage was a rock star from Exeter, New Hampshire, named Ed Garrity, complete motivational, inspirational speaker. You know the name, Ed the Garrity? It does yeah. Sound familiar, yeah. Local guy, incredible. He's, now, he's been on the speaking circuit, motivational speaker. Him and his wife, I think they have three children, um, and they live right here. They live in Exeter. He's spoken in all 50 states. He speaks to schools and corporations. Incredible. Absolute powerhouse on stage. Everything he does is impactful. He'll grab, I mean, one of the times like during the college thing, he during this is welcome weekend, right? Freshman year freshman college students. It was like three hundred college students in the auditorium. He gets off stage, goes over to just picks random student in the crowd, has them turn their cell phone on if they turned it off or keep it, you know, has them call someone they love. Mm-hmm. And the kid's like, I'm gonna call my mom puts him on the stage, calls his mom. He's like, mom, I'm just calling to say, I love you. And like in front of me, it was just a cool mm-hmm. moment as a yeah, fr- yeah. You know, freshman in college to see that a, a 17, 18 year old with his 299 pairs around. Mm-hmm. Like that's just one moment. What he does. He just makes like, he speaks for 60 minutes, Chris. And you, you're like, what? That went by too fast. Yeah, like yeah. I want, I want more. So he just has that talent. And my freshman year he's speaking and, and I was like, sit on the edge of my chair drooling like Pavlov's loves dog i was all fired <laughs> up this guy's throwing inspiration at us left and right <laughs> In the last 20 minutes of his speech was the power of vision boards. And he challenged all of us to go, he called them dream boards at the time, but challenged us to go make our dream board or vision board back in our college dorm room. He's like, this is your freshman year. You're ready to take on your, you're going to set the path for your life right here, right now. And here's what you can do. And maybe put on what you want to explore for the next four years. So he coached us to go make a vision board for the next four years of our life in college and how to really take advantage of our college career. He explained, just sit in your dorm room, throw in some music, grab a bunch of magazines, get a board, cork board, poster board, I don't care, anything, scissors and glue stick. Everyone's like, what? And he's like, just flip through these magazines. As you flip through these magazines, you're going to start to see pictures and images and words and quotes that jump off the page, that inspire, that move you that you want to obtain and track in your life. Um, So it's how you want to feel when you wake up in the morning. It's what you want to do on campus. It's uh, the grades that you want to get. It's the people you want to meet, the relationship you want to be in, the job that you want after school. So I did all that on a personal professional basis. And I was like, okay, this is what I want the next four years of my life to be. And I achieved everything that was on that vision board right. by the end of my college career. And there was one dream left off. There's one dream that was on it on the bottom right hand corner that wasn't achieved yet. Mm. And it was a picture of a minor league baseball stadium. Mm. And I was like, I want to work there. And then boom, after Cape League, I got to the Maryland. So it was neat. So I was like, wow, vision boards work. So I started. Yeah. You learn the power of the all. power of vision yeah. boards. And then I started studying more of the research and, um, each year, I'm, I'm always looking up on different research on the power of visualization, and you hear it nowadays. It's it's incredible I mean, from pro athletes to actors and actresses to authors. What I mean, visualizing to to uh, to really, you know, see it, believe it, you can achieve yeah. it. Put it on paper. Put it on all paper. Sorts of different Yeah, yeah that was yeah. one thing that Steve Yarrow said to me. You know, back in '04, put it on paper, it becomes reality. Put it on paper, it becomes reality. So that's what we do at UROC. We we put things on paper just in a very creative way to turn it into reality. Uh, but at the end of the day, too, I always tell people, hey, dreams don't work unless you do, unless people do. You mm-hmm. have to put the work in. You can't just paste this on the paper, look at it every day, and it's going to happen. No, you gotta, you got to put some effort into it, you gotta, but it will remind you. It will refocus. It will re-energize, refresh of what you want to obtain and attract in your life. So I did that, um, and then I probably have, you know, periodically throughout my career, I was doing vision boards, and I got that promotion up to Philly. That was on my that was on a vision board. Um, and so I just saw the, how the path was going. So then I wanted to. I was like, can I build a business on this? Could I, could I encourage? Could I motivate people to build their own vision boards? Can I do that? Yeah, why not? Let's try it out. Mm-hmm. And so um, eventually, UROC was born. And our fir- our UROC was founded November eighteenth, 2010. My first, I really ignited the company on January fifteenth, 2011, when I spoke. Did a UROC talk in front of 250 college students, um, ranging from four different schools, a leadership summit up at uh, university in new england and it was really neat to do that and then um uh, i was like oh i'm gonna go roam the country and go do motivational talks at college and be so fired up rock talks and then nothing Set the youtube video and it got like 600 views which was cool but <laughs> no no bookings <laughs> i was like oh, i should have put that on a vision board so uh eventually i was like, okay so a year went by of being in business and working in a restaurant for six nights a week i said okay i gotta do something Something else. And I said, okay, well, how, how can I make a splash in this community? How can I do something different? How can I inspire people? So I said, let's do a UROC vision board party. My, my vision was to have 12 dreamers. I wanted 12 people on Martin Luther King night. Always great day to dream. It was a Monday night. And I did uh, Kathy Rennington. I'll never forget. Thank you, Kathy Rennington. She's the owner of uh, City Shoes Club Boutique right there at 10 Pleasant Street in Portsmouth downtown. <laughs> and she uh, shoes at her old, old location, the Vaughan Mall. And she's like, you know what, Nick, 25 bucks. you can rent my uh, the whole space out when we close. So she closed at 5. I started 501. I was coming in the door with magazines, Griffey the mascot, mm-hmm. balloons, champagne, music. And uh, I didn't have a car then because that's the one thing I did on this journey. I sold my car to start the business yeah. too and moved to Portsmouth. The First thing I invested in was a 1,000 business cards and just hit the street running. And so I um, did a division board party right there at um, the Vaughn Mall right there at City Shoes Club Boutique. We had 12, 12 people there. On Martin Luther King Day,
0: right on. How how'd you get them?
1: The magazines. Yeah, no. How'd you get the, the twelve people? Oh, Oops. I actually. This is cool. You like the grassroots marketing? I got. I designed invitations, got invitations done, and then um, designed invitations. Got probably printed. Out, I think fifty. Printed fifty, and then I went to popovers on the square mm-hmm. there because they had amazing chocolate chip cookies, <laughs> and I got. Two dozen baked chocolate chip cookies, but I kind of wheeled and deal, Matthew, the manager there. I just explained what I was going to yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna do. I was feeling the street, young entrepreneur, and I was like, "What if I put him a big popovers box? Give me two big boxes. Or put a bow on it. Look great. I'll have an invitation. What can we do here? I can make it work. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna be giving your you product, getting it in the hands and the you know mouths yeah. of uh, the guests that want it. Mm-hmm. He's like, "I'll give you fifty percent off, Nick. I'm like, "All right, sweet. I'll take fifty percent off. Yeah, yeah. So I got two dozen chocolate chip cookies and just hit the street. And this went. I picked twenty four store owners to go talk to and uh, hand them an invitation to chocolate chip cookie right on lunch break, which was sweet. So, right, because everyone, these are all small businesses down there. They're all eating lunch in their back room or eating lunch at their register, you know. So, went there and had a conversation. Probably both two, two and a half hours, a few in the street, um, Luckily, it was January, so the chocolate chip cookies weren't melting yeah. or anything. Yeah,
0: right.
1: <laughs> So, it was good. And uh, that's how we ended up getting uh, 12 people. 11 people showed up when it started. My 12th treatment didn't come in until a half hour later, mm-hmm. Dempsey style. Came in a little fashionably <laughs> late. But uh, she's a rock star. And uh, it was my neighbor at the time, my neighbor and good friend. Her name's Jessica. And so, Jessica was, uh, at the time, she was working at two hair salons, you know, and don't talk about artists those there's they're such great artists, but they're always on their feet for like fourteen mm-hmm. hours, and they hear more than our therapists, here. you know they yeah. they're, they're, they hear everything, so she had a mentally physically draining day and I only saw her keying back into her apartment because I forgot a few things, so I had to run home during the middle of the party, look my buddy Keel and Marcus with them. I'm like, hey, just run things real quick, I'll be right back, I'm gonna run back, so I run back to the to my apartment, and I have you know. I actually, had the mascot, the like Griffy, in my uh, arm because I forgot him. <laughs> the, the giraffe. So I got the four foot. I got a four foot stuffed giraffe, a thing of three balloons, a bottle of champagne, and a stack of magazines, in both my hands. Right. So I kick my door open because I can't like do anything else. I kick the door open. and I come through and then just Jessica, like keying into her apartment and I have a 14-hour day, feeling like I'm having a great day. And I was like, hey, Jess, you coming to the U rock party? <laughs> and she was so sweet. She was like, oh, that's tonight. Yeah. Uh, and the poor thing. I never want to pressure anyone to come to a U rock experience. So yeah. I just said, hey, you know what? It's going to be an inspirational, motivational night. If you can make it, great. If you can't, no problem. I'll see what I can do Nick. Boom. Half hour later, she comes there. She gets there a half hour later, and then she starts immediately putting all her dreams and vision and mm-hmm. goals and aspirations on paper. Like, be your own boss. Turn your ideas into cash. Own your own salon. The Audi, the car that she wanted to drive. a Beautiful new Audi. Um, uh, the man that she wanted to find, a partner she wanted to find in her life, um, from owning her own salon to, oh, she wrote in Marker, um, Gandhi's quote, be the change you want to see in the world. All this stuff. And then she was the first one done. And she was like, boom, my vision boards. She was like, fired up. Yeah. Fast forward eight months later, Chris, she's walking up Market Street. I'm walking down Market Street. I'm having more of a gray month, not a great day. It was yeah. tough. I put Rock on hold for a complete year, actually. I signed a non-compete clause. went working for this advertising corporate company because I thought that was the right thing to do. I was selling digital and paper ads it was terrible the they were so negative it was oh it was awful and so i was just like that was not it was not a good place and so she's like hey nick you have a second i'm like not really but it's you well yeah what do you need jess so we run upstairs we're up to the second level and the second level of her apartment at the time this beautiful brick pillar on this brick pillar she's got the vision board that she made eight months ago at the mlk Rock party at city shoes and she's like, see this? See all this? I go, yeah. She goes, it's all coming true. I said, what? She goes, all of it's coming true. Boom. She shows me the keys the Audi that she just yeah. bought. And she shows me the paperwork that she's going to open up her own salon right in wow. downtown Portsmouth. So now we are here in 2016. Jessica Todd's opening up a second location. Wow. Has a full-time staff of eight amazing stylists and artists and more part-time employees. And she is just rocking it and crushing it and if you haven't been to her salon yet right now 33 uh deer street 1a <laughs> no it's a touch of manhattan in portsmouth it's beautiful they do um from balayage to the everything you want she's going to be open up um with you know a blowout bar and color bar like oh, cool. well, I mean, yeah yeah go get your hair blown i mean you and i don't have to worry about that no, but like no we don't you know but it's gonna be a great money maker and a great. but the best thing is that it makes everyone feel and look beautiful great such confidence and they just do such an amazing job in their customer service and experience. So. That's really kind of like the first U-Rock success story, but it goes back to she put the work in. She did the yeah. thing. She put all the things in place. That vision, I just, you know, one night gave her the some creative tools and inspirational space to make, you know, to make time for her to put her dreams out on paper. And then she made it and she a reality. It. She took it and yeah. she ran with it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you, JT. You rock. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. So then what do you, like, Do you, you must have, a mission statement so what is like what's urock's mission statement to, um,
1: to okay. inspire as many people as possible to live the life I've imagined personally or professionally and this world we live in and sometimes it can be a crazy world we live in i just want pe- I want to create a more peaceful positive productive environment for everyone i think i think you and i think you and ray had discussed it very eloquently on the on that podcast that there's so much space in the world for if mm-hmm. everyone did what they loved that things would be taking place because I have so much, you know, respect for, you know, you think of the firefighters and police officers and the brave men and women that protect our land and you think about the amazing chefs at these restaurants and whoever it may be, but there's all these professions that that's one person's passion. Yeah. Let's all push our passions forward and live better together. Yeah. And this hierarchy crap, the corporate crap, every the corruption that takes place in our world, it just, it it, it hurts me. I don't like... And I'm, you know, I'm guilty of it. Of all my friends, you know, if we're like at a dinner conversation or talking, or whatever, like that, and someone brings up, you know, current events and the dates. They, they know Nick doesn't watch the news, or like, yeah, 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 because it's depressing. Yeah. It's too friggin' negative. Yeah. And I, th- I think, I mean, I read in one of the Mac Anderson books that I love to read, is that what if we just had a good news newspaper or a good yeah. news news station? Yeah, and we just did news that was only positive, because there's plenty of other stations that. Do all the crap and danger that happens in our world. And yes, I understand we have to know about that. But you can't just bog us down with it because it's it's the whole vision board aspect. What you put down on paper, you're going to attract and obtain. What you think about is going to happen. Yeah. so
0: why you could just... so what media puts in the world negative 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 is kind of this you're suggesting like this self fulfilling prophecy like, yeah of course we're all gonna be negative right of course the world's gonna be negative of course people are gonna be angry and scared right and fearful you know paranoid yeah yeah no I feel that's, that's a good idea and I and I hear you loud and clear thank you brother it's almost it, like what we need on Facebook like I like we, we need a positive only Facebook I know need like I, I a, oh, a social media where there are rules where I'll, there are actually rules I'll, I'll like, just
1: easily just defriend block whoever if it's it's over yeah. negative and over. I mean, yeah, yeah. I can't deal with it. I, I can't deal. I just gotta try strive for the positive, shoot yeah. positive, and yeah. I guess I'm guilty of being over positive or over optimistic at times, and you know I'm learning the balance of you know it's important to be optimistic and realistic, but at the same time, hey, why can't yeah the real stuff be positive? Why can't why can't we really create a peaceful, positive yeah. why place? Why can't
0: real be positive? Yeah. yeah. So
1: I guess every time you rock, I mean, let's let's uh, you know, every time we do a U Rock party a U Rock experience, I want to make people feel good i want them to walk out there feeling inspired feeling empowered i want them to feel say shit i can take care of i can create the life i want to live or i can do this right mm. i can make a better space for my family or spend more time with them you know you know i worked with a ceo probably a year and a half ago probably made sure he was making about 500,000 a year what if he made 400,000 a year and spent the time that he was at work with his family, yeah, would it make that much of a difference? Yeah, it would make a massive difference. Yeah, hundred thousand less in your bank account, but I think all the memories you'll have in your, in yeah, your, in your your mind, heart, and soul. So and happy, healthy kids. Yeah, exactly. That An engagement know their, that know their, their parent. parents are involved and yeah. engaged. You know, yeah. so like that's that's what's big to me. So it, it's I have a huge big picture of it. Sure, um, I, that and that's one reason I started. And I also started because I wanted you, Rock to be. I have this vision, Chris, of hiring 29 rock stars to push this mission forward the 30 of us all doing this together and making each pocket of the place that we go a better place <clears throat> but i want to be the happiest productive peaceful fun enjoying place to work i have this whole vision of like everyday being themed and i want people to be happy going to work i don't want people to be miserable going to work and If they, if they're if they want to work for you rock and they have the passion they, they they share the same zeal and zest of the mission the vision then yeah they're they're, they're going to be on the team and I would love to have you know 30 of us all doing this together and, but also having that balance of life and work and yeah. family and friends and so yeah i've uh and i had to i had i, mean, I, I had uh, no capital and no investors when i started this dream and it was just you know i had a grand vision a big heart and a work ethic yep. and so i got each day I got to hustle grind make it happen and you know it's it's been it's been quite a journey but i've had a lot of um great people in my life supporting me. And that's another thing I think for people out there that want to achieve or go after something or chase their dream, surround yourself with positive people, positive places and positive things. You have to eliminate some of the negativity and if there's people that don't believe in you and don't share that vision or or, or neg- block them out, yeah. put them on ice. And yeah, he, They yeah. could be a loved one, they could be your own father, mother, they could be whoever. Yeah. You might just have to block them out. Yeah. It's tough but you gotta... I'm
0: kind of learning that too yeah. in the last couple of years. Right? Like, like the the power of positive um, thinking, actions, and surroundings. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. It
0: definitely is real. And if if nothing else, it's it's real for something that's very real, which is just your mood. Mm. You know, your 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 psyche, your, mm. just your happiness, your emotional state. Right. Which is. Yeah. You know, why we Why well, would we be motivated to go do stuff if we didn't have a positive emotional state? You right,
1: know. Right. Right. Think. Well, look at the surroundings we're in right now. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is beautiful. We're in. Is this Madbury? This is Lee? Madbury. Miss yeah. Madbury, yeah, Madbury yeah. New Hampshire. Literally
0: surrounded by trees.
1: Literally surrounded by trees, nature, ball field. We're sitting in center field. We have a couple of nature flies flying around us, which is fine. A little bug bites, but it's all good. <laughs> uh, dude, this is incredible. Thank yeah. you so very much. This is awesome.
0: So who who is your like? Who do you um? Have you named your target market, your target audience? Because it's anyone in the world. It
1: was. Anyone in the world. And now I think I just want to, fo- and it's funny because everyone's like, for years, what's your niche? What's your niche? What's your niche? What's mm-hmm. your, you know? And I didn't have one. I was like, you know, I, I remember, you know, when you have like, you have one of those networking ex- events where you have to, you know, go around and you have 60 seconds to talk. You have to like say, the Hi, elevator Chris- pitch. Yeah, elevator yeah. pitch. Right. So I always want to try to be different or stand out or do something right. Be that, uh. That big canker tooth or something like that. Yeah. Nick and Night. Yeah. Do a Nick at night. <laughs> and Nick at Night stick <laughs> for 60 seconds. So I just be like, you know, it's seven in the morning. People are just drinking their coffee. People are barking their elevator pitches. People are stuttering. People are, you know, nervous. Understandable. I was too, but I was just like, I just got up there i said, show of hands real quick. Anyone have dreams, goals, aspirations, visions, things that they want to do in their life personally and professionally? Raise your hands everyone's handshirts. I I go, great, I work with all of you. And so it kind of got their attention (laughs) real quick. And then I go into a quick elevator pitch for 30 seconds. But now I really, really think as I'm heading on to year six of UROC, five years in business, got to put the business on hold for one. And going into my 35th year of living, I want to focus on the youth. I want to focus on um, middle school students, high school students, college students. I truly, truly feel that our youth is our future, and if I can help to inspire them. I've always had so much respect. There's so many of my great friends. My college roommate, J.P. Lambert, he's an amazing teacher. I think he's going on his 11th year at Mont Eagle Middle School up in Buxton, Maine. Um, they came down to do a field trip, which is really cool. Mm. Um, they all called me Mr. Nick, the 21, uh, 21 students. There was age range. Uh, they were 6th, 7th, and 8th graders. They oh, were nice. wonderful. This was the best field trip they've ever been on. And the teachers said um, it was the best field trip they've ever had for their kids. But the cool thing was, Chris, these, these students were putting things on their vision boards that they were not even shared with their parents yet. Right. And that was huge. Yeah, so I, huge. I coached them. I said, who here likes homework? And everyone's like, eh, "Like two kids like homework out of the 21. So <laughs> I, I have an easy homework assignment for all of you. They said, what? I said, two assignments. They said, what? I said, first one, look at your vision board tonight before you go to bed for five seconds. I'm like, oh, okay, I can do that. And mm-hmm. then I said, the second thing I want you to do is, whether, uh, within the next 24 hours, I want you to find your mom, dad, guardian, siblings, whatever, and share your vision mm-hmm. board. Definitely your parents, if you're, mm-hmm. whoever's you know caretaker of you, your parents. Share your vision board with your parents. Tell them what you dream of. Tell them what you put down. Show them what you put down. Show them what you did for the, because every UROC experience is usually two to three hours. Depends what which one it is, so on. They were there for three hours. A three-hour filter yeah. with rock headquarters, rock's office, and they loved it. But And that got so much joy for me because I made a difference in elementary school student life, and I could help shift their mindset and then have that, powerful and meaningful and important conversation they need to have with their parents. And it's not on an iPhone freaking playing Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it, something, it's they did. something they did, something yeah. that real. Kids
0: typically, um, whether they whether they have shared those ideas or not mm-hmm. um, so far, kids kids typically are really proud to show their parents like their work, the thing yeah, they did and the yeah, thing they made. So that yeah. was a great that was a great um, homework assignment. Thank you, because you were you were encouraging them to do what they want to do. Right, they want their parents to be really excited about it and proud of them, mm-hmm. and it's so personal. Yeah, that's why that's yeah. so cool because yeah. their vision board is so per- personal. personal. It isn't just like. You know, well, they gave me an assignment to draw a whale. Right. And good look, point. I drew this whale. Good How point. good do you think my right. whale is? And yeah. of course, like, oh, Perhaps that's it's the problem. best yeah. whale I've ever <laughs> seen. <laughs> right. It's but, on the fridge. <laughs> but something so personal. Mm, the yeah. like like my uh, these are my dreams. Yeah. This is like, what I dream of mom. My, that this is what yeah. I want to be. Yeah. Or oh, this, this is, is what I want to be passionate yeah. about. Yeah. You know, these things are what I'm passionate about, and these are my dreams, and this is what I love. Yeah. That's huge.
1: It was huge. And I I also coached them on, like, how do you want to feel when you wake up in the morning? Do you want to feel happy? Do you want to feel energized? Do you want to feel safe? Do you want to feel accepted? Um, So I I talked about that to these students. I did, like, a 20-minute motivational, inspirational UROC talk, and then we went right into the um, vision board exercise, which is cool because here we are, sixth, seventh, eighth grades. Now, they are the... They were the student council leaders, young leaders of the oh, okay. school. So which you did, really, you
0: did get a bit of a cream of the. Crop. I, I got a cream of the crowd. <laughs> I got the cape lead coming at me off the school bus,
1: but it was it was an honor because their their attentions. I mean, they were into it. They the the body language and their their eyes, their focus. That's what I love too. When you can speak in front of a crowd, you can see everyone's eyes light up. You can see them, yeah. like you know, they're sitting upright. They're involved. They're engaged. They're into it. So that was really cool and. So we we talked a lot about that. And we, and so one, I I always ask any please if there's any questions, raise your hand, shout out, interrupt me. That means you're listening. Like I, I want to, I don't want to just wait to the end. Just mm. if something's on there, like interrupt me. Let's do it. And so one student says, "Mr. Nick, he goes, well, um, how do you feel about bullying? Because bullying happens at our school, and us as student council leaders, either we can get bullied or we have to help um, a friend that's getting bullied, or we have to see a student or a peer get bullied, we have to tell a teacher, like." So it was great. We, got to, we had an open conversation. I got the teachers mm-hmm. involved in that too, because I want to make sure that I'm sure there's some sound bites that they, sure. you know, have to go through and, and, and with the school. So I, um, I shared my aspect of it.
0: And it <laughs> you was, can't say punch them back. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I do? <laughs> the teachers right. like eh, no, 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 no. Throw a glue Mr. stick. Nick has no. to go now. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Luckily, I wasn't a fighter, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it was great. It was that, that that type of conversation to have with the students and. To be part of their three hour school day was really special. Oh, so yeah, it's huge. I had that. I mean, I've always <clears throat> enjoyed, you know, even when I was in the Cape League or at St. Joe's, I would, we would do baseball clinics. I would be coaching kids. Yeah. But now to coach kids through a vision board process and it can be a wide range it's anyone, any student, you know, male or female, athlete, non athlete, doesn't matter. I mean, their kids are so amazing, so wonderful. And they're, they're so honest and real, and there's no judgment there they just it's really really cool to, to, to be able to work with them and if i can it was really neat actually wild vibe. so you probably you and lee got to see oh, yeah. half of my little yeah, urock yeah. workshop talk or whatever yeah, yeah. and I got, I got excited about it one of the ladies up front she goes nick i want to let you know that you worked with my son freshman year at winnick kind of high school right there in hampton new hampshire and he put down six schools that he wanted to apply to and tried to get accepted to it. here he is he just finished his junior he's going to his senior year, chris he gone to all six that were on his <sighs> vision board that yeah. made my heart smile. Yeah, one yeah. was Princeton. I mean, yeah. these were awesome. I mean, there was like, I mean, six schools, but the, the fact that he's putting, there's a freshman student putting six colleges on that he wants to go to in four years later, that's awesome. Yeah. And that gets kids excited about it because I love too, and, and everyone, every vision, board. I probably had at least over 50 vision board parties now, right? Since 2012, my first one was that, um, 12 people on Martin Luther King Day. So since 2012 to today, I have had over 50 UROC vision board parties. We've inspired, and there's been over 2,000 unique U Rock vision boards mm-hmm. have been created, which is really cool. That is cool. Everyone has always asked me, Hey, what about like bringing an iPad or bringing a printer or, mm. you know, we can print something off? And I love that I respect because that means, that means they're into it and they're thinking yeah. of new ideas yeah. for, to expand the brand, which I totally appreciate. But I have to say, I love the fact that these students or dreamers or whoever, adults as well, don't use technology for yeah. three hours. Everyone yeah, gets yeah. unplugged.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Total, isn't it great? Yeah. And they just go yeah.
1: scissors, glue stick, magazines, and paper, yeah. and they're away from their touch, touch, touch. Ah, it's so Listen, cool.
0: Listen, smell, feel. My yeah. one of my
1: first UROC talks, or my second or third one, was um with NHPR up in Concord, New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and it was the technology, the IT staff of NHPR mm-hmm. radio, and they all came out with their laptops, and it was it was great, and I was like. We can drop those, we can we can close those uh, screens. We don't need them. Like what? I mean these these workers, male men and women, are in their cubicles or desk or offices for eight hours a day, Chris, yeah. with two computer screens, an iPad, a laptop, and a mobile device, yeah. a cell phone. I mean, that's six screens that they're in front of their face mm. for maybe if they have lunch break, but they're probably still on their phone at lunch break. Yeah, I mean absolutely so then to go th- to go two and a half hours without any technology. That was awesome, yeah. and they all said I. All, I held the door for them at the end and just thanked them all because I was I was just so so I'm always so excited and so thankful that for people to, to you know to be able to give two three hours of their time to build their dreams, and I just thanked them all. They said no, thank you, Nick. That was the best experience. That was incredible. We needed that. So
0: that's awesome.
1: Thank you. Yeah, thanks. for Let me show that So that's yeah. it's evolving. Things happen. This whole the rock networking experiences that we do now, the last Wednesday of every month at the UROC office. We just started that. We just did our fifth one. Um, but that's something I never had in the business plan. I never had in mind. It's just things. The best way to stay in business is just stay in business. Be in business.
0: A bat flying over. A th- yeah. Is that a bat? <laughs> yeah. Was it? Yeah. It wasn't. That's not a baseball <laughs> bat here, fans. That's a real bat <laughs> that's with, with baseball wings.
1: Bat. That's fantastic.
0: There it is. Love it. Yeah. Um, I just had a thought about, um, you know, who would be a good group I think for you to work with, with, with like um, that mentality, the vision board sort of yeah. like mentality, and, and the, the stuff you've been talking about. Yeah, our juniors in high school.
1: Yes, because that's when you have to really start to zero yeah. in on the colleges. Yeah, yeah, and
0: and it's it's Thank like you, attached in... to yeah. attached to zeroing on, on colleges is also um, just what you literally specifically what you do. You know, mm-hmm. like you need to get these kids. Attached to their dreams and believe so because right there, right now, they're at that tipping point, yeah. The tipping point, point. (laughs)
1: Malcolm Gladwell, right?
0: (laughs) They're at that tipping point of, of, you know, of let either letting go, yes, of their dream or passion or embracing their dream. Well said, dude, I love it. And it's and and it's and it's it's a make or break year, it really is. Like, sadly, you know. It isn't. It isn't. You know. No, like but it's no. It's never big. too late. But it's huge. The colleges huge. aren't.
1: They look at those junior year transcripts. They they, they tell they coach you when, when you're if you're getting recruited by different schools. I it's mean, even
0: choosing to do it. You know what yeah. I mean? Or and it's it's putting them through the process. Like uh, you know, I'll use my daughter as an example yes. because she's how old your daughter? she's a junior. Oh, okay, nice. Well, oh, she's about she's going into her senior year. Yeah. And you know she's she has huge dreams. Yeah, she has huge. She wants to be a frigging pop star for a living. <laughs> wow. I mean, it, it doesn't get much bigger. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. She wants to go to like the most challenging and and expensive school yes. in the country, and let's get her scholarship. And, uh, right. Yeah. You know. But <laughs> yeah. But she needs to. She need like put just, some action steps into it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like put some vision to it. Put, she, put it on paper. Has she created a vision board? No, of course All right, not. then I'm giving no, you like, next time.
1: You what's well, um this? Let's make it happen this week. Yeah, once. Sure. So when or yeah, this week or next week when she goes into school, whatever. I want to be able to give you um a U Rock vision board dream kit, and we'll give it to your daughter. Yeah. That'd be well, fantastic. I I'd, I'd like to think that
0: you should do it.
1: Like, what do you mean? I should you do should
0: it? meet Bella and you should oh, like, absolutely you should yeah. coach her through this, Let's do it. this process. Yeah, it'll you be know, fun like, because why don't I, we just we'll
1: do a field, We'll Me, you, Leah, Bella. Yeah, we'll do a great, <laughs> <be> a blast. <laughs> I get Bella, I get uh, Leah to talk <laughs> about her you know, visions and dreams. We, we won't have a talk, We should can just do it like like side room, maybe. I don't know, <laughs> but that'll be fun. Yeah, but I think that's a great, that's, that's, a, great that's a great target. That is, that is, that is. that's because I've been working with freshman students and um, seniors, whether they yeah. be in high school or college, but junior, yes. I mean, I just want to work with every. Great, yeah. every student. Yeah. But it's kind of as you a know, way to see the country at, too.
0: As that niche, you know what I yeah, mean? It, there just it is. In, in the word, of, you know, in the in the in the realm of niches, like that's a pivotal. It's a pivotal, uh, you know, th- uh, thought time, thought process time. Agreed. Like letting, like I said, letting go or or, or yeah. embracing. I love it. Love yeah. it. Yeah. So So, uh, what else? Anything like do, like anything else you want to? You want to get out there um, as the stars like actually start to come out above us. And this the, is uh, cool. And the bats are flying over our head. And <laughs> it's so awesome. <laughs> so cool. This is rad. Home plates getting fainter. I know, a right? More faint over there.
1: Favorite baseball? Okay, well, you're a lacrosse players. So yeah. you want. I mean, we want to go with baseball. Yeah. Um, what else about?
0: Well, do you have like a? Uh, let's see. What's your give me your uh let's let's sort of like head towards wrapping yeah. with like let's go look like we're rounding third. Exactly. We're rounding we're third rounding we're heading home, buddy. <laughs> <Sweet>. <laughs> head to home base. Third base coach uh, is waving us uh, in. Um on the uh you're dealing with someone. Okay. You know, you're yeah. you're dealing with someone who like like the people in that room were great examples, you know. Yeah. You're you're dealing with these people like and and I'm gonna try to say this. In in a way where I don't sound judgmental because I'm really, I really was not judging, but I was, but at the same time, I was, I was a victim of my own sort of uh baggage.
1: Well, you also see how people feel and how you feel,
0: yeah. But just, just literally visually, you're looking at Mm. someone who's you know. You know, if you if you just look at someone, every single person you look at, every single person that does it that looks at people, just kind of makes a judgment. They make like a, where is this person, and does that that person doesn't have dreams? That person might, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and, but then, boom, the room was filled with dreamers, and that was what was so cool about it. And all of their dreams were like. The same as mine, <laughs> yeah. You know, and that was yeah. a, that was a genuine, humbling, eye opener right. for me. Right, you know. And it's
1: cool because everyone gets to see that at the end of the day, we're all fighting our own battle that others don't know about. And I want to, right. I want Urock to be to install compassion, more compassion in others, also in the workplace environment. One thing we do at Urock, and Bo has inspired me to do this, we break words down, and what we do is we spell the words, you know, vertically. So. Let's take the word feel, F-E-E-L, like we're feeling the bugs that are hitting by by us right now. Let's look at the word feel. So F is focused. The first E is focused. Emotions, evaluate is the second E language. That could be body language or verbal language. Mm -hmm. So if you think about right when someone walks in, say you're working in your office and the UPS man walks in or someone's fixing the water bubbler or the copier or someone's um, your boss walks by the office or someone comes into your cubicle or someone goes into your office when you're on the phone. Immediately you see them. I want people to be we do it anyways. We already focus on the body language and the verbal language they're giving off or focus on their emotions but really focus on their emotions and evaluate what they're giving off. And so Prime example, like if you, if you're a, if you're at the office space and you like say you walk into someone's office, say, like, hey, did you get that email I sent you? Because that happens at times in the workplace environment. And this person might just got off the phone with a loved one that had a tough time, or maybe a challenging customer. Like, take a deep breath. Don't come right into their kitchen sink right away, and just mm. be like, let's fo- let's let's just focus. Let's just see what type of bottlenecks they come up. Like, hey, is that, a, that phone call okay? Or maybe mm-hmm. like, maybe they need two minutes. Maybe they need five minutes. Maybe right. they come down and see you. There was a gentleman that came from FedEx. He was delivering a chair he was like it was a hot day. It was like friggin' like eleven thirty in the almost afternoon. And he was hot, he was tired, he was struggling, the chair was heavy, so me and Rhea helped him up the st- help the chair help carry up the stairs. And we said, Hey man, how- how's your day going? And he just like stopped because he was ready to just like have a sign and go on to the yeah, next yeah. one. He's like, man, it's eleven thirty. I've been working since seven. You're the first person that ask us that. All first right. person. I was like, right. do you want a cold bottle of water? You know, like, well, yeah. let's just let's just be a little more compassionate to ourselves and to others, whether you're at work or light, whatever it may be. Um, so, I, I guess that that's so. I want you, Rock, to do as well. I want to install more compassion um, for your own dreams and for others. Yeah, uh, that's cool. Thanks, appreciate. it.
0: Well, wrap it up.
1: Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I'm gonna. I feel like I feel like we're gonna be. I think we. We'll, I might have to slide in home, or I think we can go stand up. <laughs> Feeling good about it. Yeah,
0: it's too bad. It's too dark. We can't hit a couple balls. I
1: know. I got some yeah. of my trunk too. Yeah. I got baseball bats from my case bats. You know, up in Skowhegan, Maine. Bring it
0: stick out. I can pitch it. <laughs> yes. You can hit it. <laughs> Cradle it. Yeah, that'd be sweet. <laughs> um... Well, all right, man. Um, you're doing great stuff. Thank you. I appreciate really it. Right back at and, you. Uh, and your 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 business model is amazing. Thank you. Uh, if more businesses were like this, wouldn't it be cool? Yeah, wouldn't it be cool? Well yeah. said. Yeah, so it's Boom. um yeah, keep it up.
1: Thank you, man. I'm so uh, glad we connected. You know, the best part is, Chris, we just got started. I know, exactly. <laughs> I'm excited yeah, to yeah. collaborate because that's another thing we you rock, I always said and I put it in the business plan don't believe in competition, believe in collaboration. Yeah, totally. Let's all work better and live better together. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you know, exactly. Why not? We, we live, we work, we love all in the same world. Let's, let's do it all better together. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited to, to work with you and inspire the youth who's our future and do some great things.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of synergy there between us for sure. Yes. For sure, for sure. Yes. Well, all right, brother. Love you.
1: Love you, brother. Thank you so much. All right. High five.
0: Until next time. Peace. Peace.